Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild. Here on this Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm Ashley Sanchez, joined by co-host Erin Keller. And today we are joined over Zoom because we have habitat biologist Sam Hughes out of Winnemucca. And we also have volunteer program coordinator Julie Bless. Thank you both for being here. Thank you, Sam, for I know you're busy in the middle of all of your habitat work. So. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Of course, and we wanted to, and thank you, Julie, too. But I, we see Julie all the time because she's right in our building with us. Exactly. <laughs> happy to be here. We're happy to have you here, and it actually has been a little bit since you've been on, so it's good to have you back on. And um, we're talking about a very important program that Endow has. It's our um, Guzzler program. Um, and as we were talking before we hit record, we were saying most people probably don't know what a guzzler is. So um, Sam, could you get into explaining what a guzzler is and how the whole program works, how we have different builds throughout the year? Yeah, so the easiest way to understand a guzzler is basically an artificial spring, something that collects rainwater and then stores it for the summer months, the warm months, and then provides it to a trough for wildlife. Um, They're fenced so that it's for wildlife only, um, excludes um, horses and cattle so that the, the money generated for the wildlife program, it, it stays for wildlife. There's over 1600 guzzlers in Nevada. Um, the two biggest aspects of them would be small game, which are very simple, just little sheet metal structure that drops into a anywhere from a 50 gallon to a 700 gallon tank. And those primarily target mountain quail and chucker and things like that. Um, and then there's the big game ones, which we we focus on building nowadays, and those range anywhere from about 8,000 gallons to the one we're building this year is going to be just shy of 20,000 gallons. Um, they're, they're very useful tools. There's a you know kind of a direct correlation of desert bighorn sheep decline and the installation of guzzlers predominantly in the south that led to desert sheep numbers coming back up. Um, there's mountain ranges where there's desert sheep in them and they're all dependent on artificial water. There's huge deer and antelope and elk migrations that are all on artificial water. Um, Nevada has done quite a job since the about the mid to the late 80s of in, installing guzzlers in a, in a high capacity in many mountain ranges. Um, the earliest one dates back um, to the Southern Nevada in the in the Mormon mountains that they were just targeting um, quail and things down there but the idea has grown and um, they're a useful tool for either migration or expanding populations anytime it involves sheep you have to be you have to be careful about um, the pneumonia they transmit moving sheep around but other than that it's um, it's become a pretty extensive program of maintenance building new sites and, and repairing the, the ones that are already there. And that's what my next question was going to be is where do you come into all this? Um, someone has to be building them and maintaining them. So I take it that's where where you come in. Yeah. So um, yeah, so me and 
Um, I, I run the Eastern and Western region for the water development program. And there's a whole nother crew down South. Um, basically we, we come up with a schedule. We work with the BLM and we work with our um, game biologists to come up with areas or species that we'd like to target. Um, that's why you see uh, a variety of mule deer projects on the list for this year. Um, and then basically we come up with, with, with a site that is going to be, you're going to have to work with the Bureau of Land Management on clearing the site. You're going to have to choose one that, you know, it's not impossible, but it's going to be the, the biggest benefit to wildlife. And then from there, it usually has to go through a whole whole NEPA process, um, and environmental assessment and all that type of stuff. And, um, you, you kind of put together a package of sites that you want to build. Each one of those packages we like to have, you know, it'll benefit elk, it'll benefit antelope, it'll benefit mule deer. Um, and then from there, we have to work with volunteers. That's the biggest thing that people, um, they see the guzzler program as is these big volunteer builds because that all comes as match money from the government so the more volunteers we have the more money it's bringing into the program the volunteers are what helps fund the program yeah and that's why we brought julie on i actually introduced her as our volunteer program coordinator but that's uh part of her job she's our wildlife education coordinator but um julie do you want to talk about the importance of volunteers in the process since as Sam said, that's how we were able to make this program happen is that funding. Yeah, um, well, number one, I feel like Sam is totally selling himself short because guzzlers are a giant construction project that gets done within like two days. I am not from Nevada. I didn't know what a guzzler was. I know I had to ask in my interview what it was because they brought them up because I knew I would be working on them. And when I went out on my first one, I was absolutely shocked because our people are biologists. You guys aren't construction people. You guys have biology degrees. And so seeing a start to finish construction project get done with mostly volunteer work is really, really, really super impressive. So I just want to make sure that everybody gets that because um, our habitat folks are very, um, multi-talented because these are huge projects. They're really, really big. So man, just having the manpower to finish the project is a huge deal. Uh, for example, the guzzler that's happening this weekend on the 25th, there's gonna be 80 people there. And I would say that's pretty standard, like 50 to 80 folks that are volunteering their time. And as Sam said, the other benefit is that our volunteers are assigned a, an hourly rate. We negotiate that with the federal government and that um, their time is assigned an hourly rate. Their time is worth about $36 an hour, pretty highly rated. And uh, that's where I come in. It's a lot of paperwork because that amounts to a lot of money, which means that the federal government is very heavily scrutinizing how we're getting that, making sure that we're not just making up people, which we are not. Uh, there are a lot of people out on these projects and um, that money is used for grant match. So instead of having to match grants that we get from the federal government with sportsman dollars or money, we get to do that with volunteer time. So the benefit of the volunteers is really double because not only could we not do like we wouldn't have the manpower 
basically without them, but then we also wouldn't have the funding. So it would take a lot longer if it was just the I the last guzzler two weeks ago it counted how many end out folks were on the project. And I think it was four and I wasn't counting myself uh because I'm useless in guzzler. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh the rest was all volunteers. And Sam, um, I see you're off mute. Maybe you were the whole time, <laughs> but did you have something to add to that? Um, yeah, no, yeah, just basically that um, it's nice just being able to prep the site on the number of volunteers that come and then being able to finish it that day. Um, normally when there's only two or three of us working on these, you know, they can take weeks for us to finish it, but um, kind of getting the materials out there and doing some of the, the groundwork and then having 80 people that come on these bills quite frequently and you don't have to show them a lot what to do you know 80 people can get a lot done in a day that's another good point i bet this becomes a regular thing for a lot of people a lot of those volunteers are out on oh many of the projects we do do you guys find that happening a lot yeah yeah um yeah one name in particular comes to mind a family down south and the pribbles and stuff they've been on i don't even know hundreds of these things. Um, there's pictures of, you know, they're in their, they're in their fifties and stuff now. And there's pictures of them when their kids and their dad had them out there. They've been doing it every single year. So. Yeah, that is a shout out to all of those people who are regularly volunteering for us since it is such a big deal. Aaron, you just, I keep looking at you in the corner of the screen and you're constantly laughing at me. <laughs> no, I'm not laughing. I'm uh, I'm smiling because I have very fond memories of Guzzler builds um, from back when I was, you know, thinking about getting into working with the Department of Wildlife and getting out volunteering and just the same folks that are, that were there when I did it are still around and, um, you know, the guys that had Sam's position before are very hardworking people that uh, are are out there sweating getting these job, this job done. And uh, yeah, shout out to them and all the volunteers for sure. And I don't want to take too much away from the second half. So we'll get into all the upcoming Guzzler builds in the second half and um so and throw out some dates if people are interested. But Julie, do you want to walk us through the process of becoming a volunteer? Yeah, so it's actually pretty easy. Um, Sam and the Guzzler crew send us dates and we have them all up on our uh, volunteer portal right now. And it says to contact Sam if you're, if you're gonna be joining us and he'll send you all the information or pass it along to um, Nevada Bighorns Unlimited. A lot of the Northern Nevada projects are, um, not managed, but they they uh, get a lot of volunteers from uh, the NBU chapters, the Nevada Big Horns Unlimited. And so they help send out a lot of that information too. Um, that's gonna be the best way to get involved. And those are all publicly up there. Um, and I think we'll probably talk about what it is like being on a Guzzler probably in the next, the next. Yeah, and maybe <laughs> even some favorite memories. So a little teaser coming up. <laughs> show but I think that would be a good point to take a break so uh, we will get into a lot more right after this quick break you're listening to Nevada Wild
If you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Nevada Wild. Today we are talking about our guzzler program with um, habitat biologist Sam Hughes and also our volunteer program coordinator Julie Bless. This is a very important program which Sam explained in the first half and we actually have some coming up which people could volunteer for. So Sam do you want to walk us through some of the different um, guzzler builds we have coming up? Yes so uh this weekend, if, it, if it's not too muddy, um, we're going to have Sagehen Valley out in the, the very southern end of the Nightingales, and it's going to benefit predominantly antelope, but it will get mule deer use as well as a fair bit of shucker use. Um, this one that we're doing, it, it's kind of a, it's the first time we've done kind of a, a kid's build to try to get kids interested in these things, get them more interested in conservation and the outdoors and things like that. Previously to this one, on March 11th, we did the Toulon number one build, that one also was targeting antelope in the Trinity range, just outside of uh, Lovelock. Um, and then after, after this weekend, we have a, a little bit of a break because we're going to be building, it's going to be the, the second biggest guzzler in Nevada. It's going to be just shy of 20,000 gallons. Uh, Bell Canyon out in the Fairview range. That one's going to be for desert bighorn sheep. It's going to be on the naval base. Um, anyone who wants to come out to that one, you have to you have to kind of watch this quick PowerPoint and, and and sign something that says if it's if you didn't bring it just don't touch it because it is on on a bombing range. Um, there are tons of sheep out there, and there are some some old guzzlers that are pretty dilapidated and no longer functioning. So this uh, that's a really important project that's been in the works for about ten years or even longer. And then after that, we're going to go just north of Gerlach into the the calicos um that one's targeting california bighorn sheep but it's also going to be benefiting mule deer antelope and chucker and things like that um that'll be that'll be a fun project that'll be on may 20th so uh northern washoe in may is it's usually pretty nice up there um and then the the last guzzler built for the year is going to be on uh june 17th the day before father's day or is that father's day that one's going to be over between Elko and Ely, um, targeting elk, but it will get mule deer and antelope use as well. That's going to be a cool project because that's going to finish the series in the Butte Mountains. That'll be Butte Mountain East. We built north and west last year, and those are kind of uh, smaller mountains, uh, with a lot of juniper. They're really close to the Cherry Creeks, and the success we've had in the Cherry Creeks in the past of elk on artificial water it can make for really good archery and muzzleloader hunting. And we're hoping that it'll almost kind of replicate that just, you know, right across the road there in area 10. Lots of important guzzler builds coming up. Um, and then there's a lot of things I want to come back to because you mentioned so much. So first off, so this coming weekend is a kid's build and you said it's the first one we've ever had. Yeah. I mean, the kids aren't going to, we're, we're going to show them a little bit of how to build them and stuff. They're not necessarily going to be using the saws and the power tools um, unless, unless they the want to, tool. but, <laughs> but um, there's going to be a, a bunch of informational stuff that Julie can talk about of just kind of educating kids on conservation, on why these sites are important, on why there's this many people volunteering their time to come out here and do these types of things. 
yeah, so we've got a couple of Boy Scout shirts joining us. And uh, like Sam said, they won't necessarily be doing a lot of the heavy lifting, but there are some things that they will be able to help with, like stacking rocks around the drinker and painting um, the fences, which is one of the last steps, which is something they will totally be capable of. But um, other than that, I'll be entertaining them with some of our wildlife fed games and schools and educational materials that we have, so way to like get all of your job in in one day julie you'll be out like gathering volunteer opportunity and <laughs> wildlife education that's awesome i kept seeing as we were preparing for this podcast in the emails i kept seeing a kids day but i wasn't i didn't know the details and what a cool educational opportunity for them yeah i think the goal was um this like nbu is very passionate about getting more young people involved because the average age of the volunteers that are out there doing literal physical manual labor is pretty high. Uh, for example, there was a 97 year old on the last guzzler two weeks ago, working his butt off. Um, yeah, so they're trying to get some new, <laughs> new young people kind of down the chain so that people can be filling in. Yeah, wow. Um, no excuses. Like you were telling us about this during the break and you're like, no excuses. No excuses. And Julie is pregnant. Women's month shout out. A pregnant woman getting out there on all these guzzler builds. (laughs) Yeah, I think the other note is that um, it's not just kids, right? We're not just babysitting. Like this is a more of like a family friendly type. Yes. Yeah. So we want you to bring your kids out and come enjoy like what Sam's job is kind of and and coming out and helping us build learning about wildlife and why these are so important but uh more of a family friendly day than a babysitting type day yeah yeah not babysitting (laughs) and so can people is that still open for people to come out to and sign up or is that cutting it close maybe not for this weekend potentially but families are always welcome to bring whoever we can't stop people from bringing whoever and um we didn't mention this but when people come for a guzzler oftentimes they come and stay the night at camp on that friday night and then stay that saturday night so it's kind of a cool opportunity to camp someplace i usually think they're really cool places in nevada so uh, they can camp, and the NBU folks um, are incredibly welcoming. I think every single guzzler, there are brand new people that have never helped out on a guzzler, and um, everyone is so, so nice, and there's usually food and a lot of socializing, um, and a, a good way to expand your hunting circle, too, and probably get some tips and tricks from some more experienced folks. Yeah, it sounds like it's a whole experience when you go out there. <laughs> yes, totally. Yeah. Yeah, usually when you come out to one of these, um, NBU is, they're the ones that will bring out the barbecue trailer and, you know, you get, usually you get a couple shirts and a a steak dinner and stuff out of it. Um, But, you know, Pershing County Chucker and Nevada Muleys, and there's a whole bunch of different NGOs that you can meet at one of these builds. Um, It's definitely, it's definitely a big congregation of people in the hunting community. Nice. And, um, Oh, I know what I was going to ask. So do you, I don't know if this would be which one of you want to answer this, but um, do you kind of want to give people a feel of what to expect? I mean, you've talked about it a little bit, but this isn't like, what should they bring if they're coming out to something like this? Like you want to come prepared. Yeah. So um, 
Really? I mean, if you have a, if you have a capable vehicle, um, you know, there's also, there's people that will give you rides out there. There's tons of side-by-sides and stuff running around, but um, you really need a pair of gloves and some good boots and things like that. We have all the tools necessary. It is, it is hard work. It's usually just physical manual labor. Um, it is pretty gratifying. A lot of times in conservation, you know, biologists, you're working for something now that you're going to see the results of in 15, 20 years, you know, people sometimes work their entire careers to see the results of something that could be there for the next person to see. But when you build it, when you build a guzzler, you know, you see it's instant gratification. It's you see the results right there. So um, that's a big thing about it, but you can expect there's usually equipment running around, you know, backhoe and skid steer. And um, we're going to be digging a lot of holes and placing these, these steel beams into the ground and attaching other steel beams vertically on there to place basically sheet metal on top of it. Um, the average size of these vaulted, we call them aprons. It's the water collection source. The average size of them we build now is 54 feet by 60 feet. Um, they seem to get a little bigger every few years. We're just kind of compensating with, for drought and things like that. Um, and you know, that, that flows into a gutter and um, it, it's all shot with a laser level so that it, it's, it's vaulted just right. That's not going to overflow with too much rain. It's not going to just sit on the apron. Then it basically goes into um, underground tanks. And basically the average size we build now is 10,000 gallons. Uh, those, most of that work is done before the volunteers get there. Cause we, we make all that, we set all that grade with a laser level. And then we do socket welding, plumb it all together and it goes to a, about a 700 gallon stainless steel drinker. And that's, that's the part the wildlife are going to use. Um, everything is fenced to ensure that th- things aren't getting damaged, whether it's by cattle or horses or things like that. Wow. And when you see a guzzler, it's still just, um, I don't, it just seems like when you see it, you don't realize that that was built by volunteers in a couple of days. Like you said, I know you do a lot of the work beforehand, but it's still such a, I'm trying to think of the word. piece of equipment I don't know what is it it's such a structure that it looks like it so much time went into it yeah no absolutely like like I mentioned earlier when you have 80 people you know the time consuming parts like setting the steel and placing the apron the one at Bell Canyon is going to have 390 pieces of apron Um, when you have 80 people to do that instead of two it makes uh, it makes a lot of difference yeah it's kind of like uh, when a guy builds a house, right? The house is there and you can always drive by and see the house. I'm sure that's how Sam and those guys are, you know, they have all these projects that they've built all over the state because Sam was in Southern Nevada too. So he has the experience kind of all over the state, which is, I, I would imagine Sam, it's probably pretty satisfying to, uh, to have all those projects under your belt. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, definitely is. We've, um, managed to do some some pretty difficult ones and it definitely takes you into some cool um areas in nevada you know just from being right outside of area 51 to um up in the mountains by elko and and up in soldier meadows it's they're all so different and there's there's so much uh kind of room to see to see these different populations grow and um whether you're whether you're trying to grow population of animals or you know restore connectivity to a population of sheep or um it's it's like I said, it's one of the, the few things of conservation where you get pretty immediate um, gratification from it. 
Yeah, and this is something we want people to get out to. It's such a cool volunteer opportunity. Um, anything else either of you want to share? Any favorite memories out at Guzzlers? Or even Aaron has one. Yeah, my uh, I was just thinking back to the last time we had Sam on the podcast is when we were doing the emergency water hauls to the Guzzlers, which is pretty wild that that wasn't very long ago. And then now we're talking about, you know, feet of snow and, you know, finishing guzzlers as the rain is coming down and just the weather has been wild in Nevada. And uh, yeah, it's, it's almost like as it rains, you're like, hurry up and finish so we can capture this rain, you know, pretty cool. That is. Sam, Julie, anything else to add? We're kind of on our last minute here. I just say check out our website. They're all up there and there's a couple in southern region. There's one in eastern region and they always need a lot of help too. And um, this isn't just for hunters either. It's a super fun project that anyone can do. Sam, any last words? Um, nope. We hope to see other than we hope to see, you know, new faces out there and stuff like that. That's how that's how these continue to grow and be built and um we, we like to see new people come out to these things and whether you want to join one of the NGOs or, or not, it's uh, it's always good to see people get interested in it. Well, thank you both for being on here. I hope we get a good turnout at these next few builds and everything goes well and the weather doesn't ruin anything. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Thanks, Ashley. Of course. And thank you everyone for listening. That does it for this week's Nevada Wild. again next week for our next adventure, Nevada Wild. It's a production of the Nevada Department of Wildlife.